This is Jason Holleran. I proudly served for 33 years, culminating as the Deputy Commandant at West Point. Put this on your calendar. World War II weekend inside Old Bethpage Village Restoration on Long Island. Scores of operational vintage armor in formation May 18th and 19th. Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman invites you to join him in saluting America's greatest generation and all those who have worn the uniform in defense of our freedoms. That's May 18th and 19th, presented by the Museum of American Armor. He's breaking it down so you don't have to. This is Breaking It Down with Frank McKay on 107.1 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. I'd like to okay. welcome everyone. To breaking it down, Frank McKay here with, and she's going to think I say this to all the comedians, but my absolute favorite stand-up of all time is with us, and Kathleen Madigan is uh, just uh, unbelievable, and we're lucky she's not a couple of inches taller, or she'd be telling jokes on 747s instead of 250 times a year in front of audiences, and uh, the the best thing uh, that happened during the pandemic is her podcast, and if you're not listening to that, you're you're missing out, and it's uh, Madigan's Pubcast. It's absolutely terrific. It's a must, must listen to, uh, binge listen to it. Kathleen Madigan, how are you? I'm great. You should, I mean, can you be able to go on the road to do that intro for me everywhere? <laughs> that was wonderful. Hey, it, it is true, though, right? You, you were trying to be a flight attendant, or is that just, is that just something that you said one no, time? That, no, that was for Pan Am. Oh, my um, God. And I made it through two interviews, but nobody told me you had to be five foot two, and I was only five one and a half. So they measured me and cut me, cut me off at the last deal. Wow! Yeah. Wow. So, you know, what are you going to do? I, I didn't know my one of my uh, gay guy friends was like, "You, can you? I'm not a gay guy. I would have not thought of that. You guys are smarter. <laughs> I I did not think of it. Um, yeah. So anyway, stand up came after that. So there you go. All right, listen, thank God. I mean, I, how long did it take you to find your confidence on stage? I mean, to me, uh, you, you always looked, you know, uh, ultra confident up there. But we all know, I mean, uh, obviously it takes a little time to uh, to get your feet under you. Uh, how long before you, you really felt like you had it on there? Well, I think the perfect barometer is how long did it take me to allow my parents to come to any show? <laughs> and that was about, that was about three years. Oh. I was like, "You're," because I would still get up there and go, "I'm not sure how this is going to go." But like three years into it, I was like, "Okay, I have a pretty good idea. This will be fine." Because then my dad goes, "Well." If you can't fail in front of your family, who can you fail in front of? I said, strangers, Dad. People I will never see again that won't bring it up at Thanksgiving. This is an Irish Catholic family that's way too aggressive. I'm not failing in front of any of you idiots. I will do that privately. Thank you very much. Uh, So I let them come, I'd say, about three years into it. Well, hey, let me let me ask you a little bit about the pandemic, and I know we're all sick of hearing the pan- about the pandemic. Uh, but uh, is uh, is this? I mean, this is a, a pretty vast tour that you're doing. Is this the first out there that you're getting since uh, it all hit in March of uh, 2020? No, I've been back out for like the last year, but I mean, it took forever to make up all those COVID canceled dates, like. I just did one in Canada at Niagara Falls at a casino, and that was the very last one that was still from the canceled batch because Canada, they had stricter rules, so they kept having it. Like, those people held on to those tickets for three years. You were talking about patient. 
And like the Americans were like, why are you holding my money? I'm like, I don't have your $42. Talk to Ticketmaster. I love that they thought I was sitting at home, you know, watching Netflix with piles of money that I wasn't returning. I'm like, you don't have anything to do with that. I'm not the bank. Yeah. Talk to the to ticket brokers. But for the most part, everybody was really patient. And then to go out and do those shows was super extra fun because people were super super revved up <laughs> to put it mildly like rabid almost in a good way or a bad way what? like you couldn't tell this could go crazy these people are so overexcited i said to the one opening at michael i go i feel like they think like mick jagger's coming out and i'm not gonna meet that expectation they need to calm down <laughs> but i think it was just because nobody had been out and people were just super happy which was great listen i think it's part of it but people, people that see you, you know, uh, on TV and see uh, your different performances, they kind of build up, and it's kind of it, it, it's like me. I mean, I'm not kidding. Uh, out of every, and I love stand up. I love watching stand up, and I, I think people who go to uh, go to go to places and get offended, I, I think they're walk, walking into the wrong places if they're walking. But I, I'll tell you what. Uh, out of everybody I've ever seen do it, I, I've never seen anyone do it as well as you. Uh, who was it for you that you watched growing up that I, I guess got you to this point? Who was your who was your big influence? Well, what's weird is like we never I never really watched comedians as a kid or a teenager because like if you think about it, other than the Tonight Show, if you happen to catch somebody. Like, my parents listened to albums, I guess, like Buddy Hackett or uh, those old guys from Vegas. I don't know. I didn't. I just paid attention to music. But once I went out to the club and I started seeing the people that were coming through, those people, like, watching Ron White, because Ron just looks like he wandered from the bar onto stage and is telling you what happened that week. It seems very seamlessly like a real person. It doesn't seem like an act. And I thought, that I can do. I can't be as weird as, like, I wish I could sometimes, but, like, Emo Phillips. Like, yeah. Oh. Like, that was super funny, but I know I'm not capable of that. So I had to kind of focus on the people that I thought I was more similar to and go, okay, I can do, I can, it's like, you know, how do you hit a baseball? Like, well, I can hit, like, that person, but not like that. Like, there's just so many different types of comics that I just kind of focused on the ones that I thought, made me laugh and we kind of have a similar way of telling a story and go okay i just need to keep watching that person so i would just watch him in the clubs i never really saw anybody on tv maybe like in college i saw roseanne on the tonight show with johnny carson and i thought she was really funny i still do um but she really doesn't do it anymore but uh, just those kind of people there was never like i don't know if you think about it like they didn't play comedians on the radio the only place until like what the eighties where somebody would get an HBO special, but we didn't have HBO, <laughs> so, <laughs> so I couldn't. I couldn't even see that. So uh, yeah, nobody really except the people that are probably ten years older than me. That group that's ten years older than me because they were the headliners when I was the opening act. You know, I, I've got to believe that you uh, you get a lot of young comedians saying to you, especially, and I hate to say that, but especially female comedians uh, have to be coming up to you uh, all the time saying, you know what, you're the reason why, or you're a big reason, or you encourage me. Uh, I, I've got to believe that uh, that you have a lot of that coming to you on the road or whoever, wherever you see uh, people that are doing stand-up. 
Yeah, they're very nice about it. Like, I forget. You know, I just go about my way and do my thing. But, like, when I started going back to get back on the road, I started going down to the club here in Nashville, and it's, like, new material Mondays. So there's, like, I don't know, 12 comedians, and they'd all be in the green room. And I, I was like, I will just I just wanted to walk in, get a beer, walk out. But the young people were like, can I get a picture in my mind? I'm like, why? Yeah. Like, what do you want a picture for? But, okay. Like, I forget that to them... I'm this person they saw on Comedy Central when they were 15. You know, it just, it, because it, most of the time I'm not with those people, but when I'm around them, I'm like, oh, right. They think, they think I've succeeded. <laughs> I've succeeded <laughs> this whole, this whole crazy circus life. I'm like, we're all circus clowns. Some of us are just older. We're older clowns. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, congratulations on an amazing career still going strong. We're going to be talking about the dates uh, with, with the relevant uh, cities who are listening here as we let you go. If there's anything else you want to add real quick, uh, please do so. And uh, and if not, give us your website, social media site, and the best place to hear our podcast. Um, KathleenMadigan.com, and you can go from there and find everything you need. It's a one-stop shop. There's only one other famous Kathleen, and she writes for the Wall Street Journal sometimes, and she writes very interesting, hard articles about money. That is not me. <laughs> in case you stumble on that lady and think I can do both things, that is not me. That's a different Kathleen Madigan. Kathleen, thrilled to have you. Congrats on everything, and we'll talk to you again real soon. Okay, thanks a million. Have a good week. Kathleen Madigan, everyone. Uh, the best in the business. She is un freaking believable if you haven't seen her live she is just absolutely great and you kind of got a feel for what she does here and i'm not kidding i wasn't just saying to her i mean she's my favorite stand-up of all time um you know i got a request from uh, uh from somebody to do an interview and i was uh, i was in the ukraine at the time and i was disappointed that i had to uh, pass it up because it was like uh, i don't know it was it was seven hours different and and i was uh i had no idea if i was gonna have reception or anything like that but uh she's great she's on the road uh, an extensive tour um frank mckay here so much more importantly kathleen madigan an absolute brilliant stand-up has been our very special guest and she is uh you know hey, listen she's she's great at what she does and it's always nice to talk to someone who is exceptional at their profession. Kathleen Madigan is, for sure. Uh, Madigan's Pubcast is her uh, her podcast. And you can see many uh, stand-up uh, specials uh, that she's uh, she's put together. Just great. Just a great talent, Kathleen Madigan. Uh, she mentioned Irish Catholic. I think she's got five or six brothers and sisters and... You know she, uh, you know she talks about that in her stand-up. She's great. I mean, Kathleen Madigan is great at what she does, no question about it. Frank McKay uh, signing off. Check out her pubcast, and it was a product of the of the uh, pandemic and coming out of there. I guess she was bored and she put it together, and that's her, uh, you know, her version of a podcast, and it's great. I mean, I you would figure it would be. Uh, Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you all next time on. Breaking it down. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. 
What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. He's breaking it down so you don't have to. This is Breaking It Down with Frank McKay on 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, the name of the memoir, and it's a memoir like no other, uh, Rated X, How Porn Liberated Me from Hollywood, and Maitland Ward is the author of that, and uh, you've known her as a uh, as a teen actress, and uh, Boys, Boy Meets World, and The Bold and the Beautiful, I, th- I think was in there, a, a, bunch, of, a, a bunch of Hollywood uh, um, favorites in there, TV shows, and, and she left Hollywood to go into the adult film uh, industry, the adult industry, and, uh, and, and again, it's a story like no other. I imagine there'll be a movie one day about her, and it's, uh, yeah, it's fascinating. Uh, without further ado, let me introduce Maitland Ward, the author of that <laughs> book. Frank McKay here, much more importantly. Maitland, how are you? I'm great. Thanks so much for having me. <laughs> well, well, listen, thrilled to have you, and I'm sure you've been hearing the same questions over and over. So I'm, I'm going to try not to give you anything that you've been uh, hearing during this, but uh, let me ask you this. How much different did it turn out? Did your, did your turn to uh, the, the Reddit X industry or the, uh, uh, the adult industry uh, from Hollywood, uh, how much different is it than what you thought it would be? You know what? It's amazing because people would think, oh, she start, She was in mainstream and, and as a Disney star and stuff. It's just such a crazy story. And I think it's I guess it's my own unique story that I really no one has that to become at 40 a top international porn star who's awarded making more money, making getting more legitimacy in like mainstream now than I would at the back then because people respect like that. I took my own career in my own hands and, and really built my brand and business. And then I'm now an author. So I think that I would, nobody would, would expect, and I never expected that I could find such success doing like sexual performance and doing what I wanted to do. Um, so it's been such a great surprise. I think people in the adult, they'd expect, people think the adult industry is like it was many decades ago, like some old guy, like smoking a cigarette, watching this drug infested orgy happen on this. I mean, we are so clean on our sets. We have to, you know, test every two weeks for STDs. We have to like have two I forms of identification. We have to go on film with it. We have to sign contracts. I mean, every time we have to sign paperwork that we agree to have sex on film, that we, uh, we talk about all of the sex acts right before the, Thing at the event happens <laughs> so i think a surprise for me is like how how consensual and talked about and normal the sets run <laughs> like just like any you know independent film set yeah see i think it's kind of like your your story turns out to be like dog bites uh, well man bites dog right it's uh mm-hmm. it's the opposite of what you would think we we know the opposite story like tracy lord's uh, right. Was and and again, she was young. She was too young, so that was the, uh, um, you know, that was the 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 big trouble there. But she was uh, a a top uh, porn star, and uh, then she became a, a mainstream uh, actress afterwards. And it was uh, it was different. Mm-hmm. And you think, you know, when you think of what happened to Tracy, and I don't know her story that 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 well, but you think of it as uh, as this young woman kind of being tricked into it or going into a consensually. 
uh, but really, uh, you know, not not having her own mind of it. Yours is different. Uh, you you clearly, I'm just in hearing you for the last last couple of minutes here. Uh, you clearly uh, you have your head on straight. You you don't have, I, I, as far as I know, you don't have any drug addictions or substance <laughs> abuse problems. And you're going into it as a move, as a career move. And I you know I would imagine people should applaud you for for that as a decision. Forget the morality and the uh, you know mm-hmm. we're not your your priest or your or your rabbi or whatever the hell right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're not that. This is a, a career decision. As a career decision, it sounds like it's turned out well. It's turned out amazing. I mean, seriously, like, where would I have, like, be able to have more lines and acting and do bigger feature films than I, that I was going to be awarded in uh, mainstream? I mean, it's it's amazing to have the career that I have now, and I'm so happy. And also because I'm able to take my own career in my hands and do the kind of content and the kind of production that I want to do, and I, it's just been so liberating to have that brand and business. I mean, I was told in Hollywood by publicists that I couldn't do anything sexy if I wasn't 25 or less. Like past that, nobody's going to buy anything you do. You will not find success. And I was just like, no, I I need to follow my path. And I just wouldn't listen to them. And I don't, I don't know. I think I'm stubborn and that's kind of why, (laughs) why I just kept going. But I think the story is not just for somebody who, Oh, who wants to go into porn and find a big porn career. It's a story for anyone, like especially women too, who, uh, but anyone in general who has been told no, who's been told they can't do something that they want to do or live their truth or be who they want to be. And really it's a story that says, if you say yes to yourself and you are authentic to yourself and, and show your truth, you, you will find success. You can find success when people tell you it's impossible. It is possible. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's I thought what I have done would be impossible, but um, it's so liberating that I uh, didn't listen to them. And I think it's anybody saying no to you so much is doesn't want you to succeed. They want to keep you in your place. The book, the memoir is entitled Rated X, How Porn Liberated Me from Hollywood. And, uh, you know, again, you would think it's turned around the other uh, the other way, but it's not. And it's uh, it's consensual and it's uh, it's it's done with mm-hmm. a clear head. Uh, Maitland Ward is the author of that book. It's a a must get. It's just a fascinating um, subject, a fascinating uh, conversation. I can't think of anything that that's comparable to uh, to the career path that Maitland Ward took. Frank McKay here, much more importantly, Maitland for another couple of minutes. Uh, Maitland, uh, and again, I'm not being nosy here, but and I'm not going to ask you about net worth. But do you think financially you're better off now than you would have been if you didn't make this move? Oh, absolutely. I make like six figures a month on OnlyFans and like I have a flashlight and I have a contract with a studio and I have, I mean, exponentially, exponentially. And also I'm able to have, you know, Hollywood would, uh, you know, not pay, they pay. I'm not saying they don't pay good, but I wouldn't have been able to have so much control over my business and my income if I was just doing acting roles in Hollywood, unless I was, you know, doing major films, you know, like that just a select few get chosen for. And, and yeah, it's interesting from the Boy Meets World days, I, I wasn't able to cross over and try to do those kinds of things because my role there just held me back um, in a way because it was typecasting me and they wouldn't let me like move past that. This really has let me move past that into my own lane and, you know, really take control of everything. So 
I think that's really important for anyone to do is to take control of your own destiny and what you feel inside that is your truth to live it out. Listen, Maitland Wood, congratulations on on making your own decisions and certainly Mm -hmm. uh, on on the book. And we'll talk about it as we let you go. I know a lot of people are waiting to talk to you. Give us your website, your social media site, just so everyone has it and they can follow along with what you're doing. Oh, well, all my social media pretty much is Maitland Ward. So except for I have a TikTok. I just started. I'm just starting to look at it. But it's Maitland Talk, T-O-K. But, um, yeah, the rest is Maitland Ward, M-A-I-T-L-A-N-D-W-A-R-D, on Twitter and Instagram and stuff. So, yeah. Listen, congratulations on the book once again, and you're, you're getting rave reviews already. Um, thank you very much for being here, Maitland. Thank you so much. Have a great day. You too. Maitland Ward. Uh, you know, wow, right? I mean, it's, uh, uh, you know, uh, what, a, what a story. I don't know that that it is a... I don't know that it is a movie. I mean, this sounds weird, you know, to say. It sounds, um, uh, you know, because obviously we're hoping that uh, things go well for everyone, and certainly uh, we hope things go well for Maitland Ward here. But, uh, you know, usually stories like this, only if there's there's some uh, bad news. I don't don't know if we like to hear, uh, you know, good news. And, you know, I guess from the, um, you know, all the the moral majority-type folks, uh, you know, they want this to end terribly for her, but it sounds like it's not. And again, her memoir is called, and, I, and I'm saying it again, uh, to, not only to give you the book, but to, uh, um, uh, to give you the, the subject. And it's the Rated X, How Porn Liberated Me from Hollywood. Maitland Ward was a Disney actress, and she was on Boy Meets World. And... Um, the Bold and the Beautiful, which was a popular, is is a popular uh, soap opera. But, yeah, I mean, she went from mainstream to uh, to, to porn, and she's got her, um, you know, she's got her own company. I guess uh, the website she gave is her company. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, well, I, I shouldn't say that. I don't know. You know, she has to, she said she has to do consents and uh, have to do all of that. And, um, I, look, you know what? I mean, it's, uh, you know, we're not her priest. We're not her rabbi. Uh, you know, it's whatever um, any individual does, as long as they're not hurting someone else or as long as it's consensual uh, and person is of age and they're not doing with, uh, you know, someone or something that, that can't make a decision for themselves as an adult. But more power to her and uh, whatever whatever she gets out of this, she gets and uh, you know, I hope the uh, hope the book is um, uh, does well for her. I, you know, I, I've I've got to believe. You know, I got to believe that uh, um, she's uh, she's being straight with us. She sounded straight to me. She didn't sound like she was wasted. And usually, when you think of porn stars, that's what you're thinking about. It's a career move. She made it as a career move, and kudos to her. If uh, if if she's happy with it and she's making money, it's just, it's just kind of thrown for for a loop, uh, or I'm thrown for a loop when you, uh, you know, you, I guess you go in with all these uh, pre-born beliefs that you know that pornography or porn stars are going uh, in that direction because they have to uh, do that, um, or they're going to starve, or that there's a drug problem, or they're forced into it by some evil. You know, guy uh, with, uh, you know, she had mentioned cigarette and watching an orgy and that type of thing. Um, 
Frank McKay signing off. Maitland Ward has been our very special guest, former Boy Meets World star and uh, Disney actress turned porn actress. And the book, once again, Rated X, How Porn Liberated Me from Hollywood. Uh, Frank McKay signing off. Maitland Ward has been our very special guest. We'll see you next time on Breaking It Down. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. Long Island Vibes. On 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. Now here's your host, Frank McKay. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here, thrilled to have a very talented lady, someone you could admire on and off the screen. Her, her work as an actress is, uh, has garnered an Academy Award. I mean, how many people could say that? Best Supporting Actress and Mighty Aphrodite will never forget that role. What a, what a job she did on that. And, of course, you've seen her in The Replacement Killers and Romy and Michelle's High School Reunion, Mimic, Modern Family, a whole bunch of uh, roles just over the years. She is terrific. And her latest... Her, her latest is Hollywood, and it's streaming starting uh, starting on May 1st on Netflix, and it is expected to be a big, big deal. It's a limited series, and Mira Sorvino is here with us. Mira, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Terrific. Uh, how are you feeling, first of all? Everyone safe on your end? Uh, mostly, mostly. We, we do know some people that we love that, uh, you know, are are battling this stupid, incredible scourge, but uh, we here at home are, are doing well. Thank you. Well, listen, uh, best of luck to every everyone there. And uh, if you can, without spoiling, uh, tell us about Hollywood. It's exciting. It's a period piece. It's, it's uh, post-World War II, and it sounds terrific. What can you tell us without spoiling? Uh, it's like a sort of revisionist what-if look at the golden age of Hollywood, quote-unquote, where basically Ryan Murphy created this world where it looks at all these young hopefuls coming to Hollywood and says, what if you could rewrite the script? What if Hollywood started doing the kinds of things, the kinds of needed changes that we're starting to see today in terms of representation or, um, you know, uh, throwing away the rule book when it comes to racism and sexism and uh, homophobia or, you know, blocking LGBTQ people from having meaningful roles on screen and off in Hollywood being able to be their authentic selves. Um, what if you could take away or change uh, all the decisions that kept that status quo going all the way through to the present and made it more meritocratic, more egalitarian, more fair, more loving, more open, more honest. And it's really sort of an incredible idea because it's never too early to do the right thing. And it makes you ask, like, why couldn't it have changed back then? Why couldn't have people followed their hearts and their consciences and, and uh, changed Hollywood to reflect, like, 
the better instincts inside of people's hearts and then that would have changed society because clearly films are sort of a bellwether for where the general public is going and uh it, it it's it's really this incredible sort of fantasia on what could have been but also what could be now if we really really started living by this different code um so it's it's kind of amazing i'd say yeah, it, it, it sounds terrific. I didn't even know all of that. and I've been uh, l- looking forward to seeing it just for all the other reasons. You and, and so much of the other talent that's in there. But, boy, that is a perfect fit for you. I mean, this is something that you've been speaking about. And when I said in the opening, I mean, someone you could admire on and off the screen, you've been such a, and I, I say that when you're not around. I'm not just saying that here. You've been somebody that uh-huh. really has been an outspoken uh, person for, for women's rights for the longest time. And I, this seems to be a perfect fit. Was that taken into consideration before you got the role? Is it, or did it just kind of, uh, is it happenstance? Uh, you know, I didn't know all of that. I didn't know, like, this sort of the true underlying flow and purpose of the show. I knew it was Ryan Murphy doing a show about the golden age of Hollywood and that I was, you know, in consideration for this role of Jean Crandall, this uh, kind of blonde starlet who's starting to maybe age out of that kind of role, who's kind of stifled maybe in her career by stereotypes and expectations. But really all I knew was that it was sort of like a Lana Turner type role with Ryan Murphy. And I was like, oh my gosh, sign me up. That sounds incredible. And then as the script started coming, once I had you know, taken the role, uh, I realized that it really did do all of those other things, not only for my character, but very significantly for other characters. Um, you know, Laura Harrier is a woman of color, a young woman of color who's supposed to be one of the most talented uh, young actresses in the in the studio stable, but she's only given maid roles like Hattie McDaniel because she is a woman of color. And, uh, you know, these, these young men who are forced to uh, sort of resort to, to a kind of a life of... Uh, of selling themselves in a way in order to make ends meet because there's no place for them as out young men in Hollywood. And, uh, and then it ends up, everybody ends up sort of most people in it at least end up helping each other rather than maintaining this harmful status quo. And there's really a lot of beauty and happy endings in it, even though there's sadness too, but there's a lot of humor. There's a lot of kind of shock to it. And, but really a, 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 an emotional beauty to the story. Like, I, I think something about taking the idea of the Hollywood ending, like the happy ending for characters, except this happy ending is based on being truthful, being true to your authentic self, but being allowed to be that authentic self in a, in a meritocracy, in, in a community that actually has been brave enough to sort of embrace all the different colors in the rainbow and put it out there as, as representing the world rather than giving this false white bread idea of what content should be. 
No, listen, kudos to the casting folks for, for getting you uh, in, in there, and it's a, a perfect fit, and, and the others, too. This it's, it's just a terrific cast. We'll talk about that when you go, but uh, kudos to Ryan Murphy, too, for getting it, you know, big picture-wise and, and doing something like this, and I hope others will, will follow suit. Uh, Mira, uh, can you give us a website, a social media site where people can follow along with what you're doing and also your activism? Oh, thank you. Um, I mean, I'm just across Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. I'm just at Mira Servino, and I'm verified with the blue check, so it's just my name. Um, and, uh, you know, I work with UNODC. Um, I've been a goodwill ambassador against human trafficking for the UN uh, since 2009, and I still do that. So you can, you know, if you want to support anti-human trafficking efforts, you can support UNO, you know, UNODC stands for United Nations Office on Drugs and right. Crime. Um, but, uh, yeah. And then, I mean, I, I regularly post stuff that I'm involved in. I don't have like a web, I don't have my own personal charity, but I'm in, I partner with many, many different groups, voices in action times up. I'm on their global leadership board. Um, so we're always doing something. <laughs> like, like I said before, congratulations for all the things you do on and off the screen. Just terrific work, Mira. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Mira Sorvina, everyone, Mira Sorvina has been our very special guest Academy Award winner. And boy, the work she does with human trafficking uh, awareness is just terrific. I mean, just uh, that's what I was talking about. We've done several shows. I'd love to have her on for a longer time just to talk about that. What she's done is, is absolutely terrific. She's raised a tremendous amount of uh, awareness and, uh, and money. Uh, for that cause and I you know I had uh, you know several people on talking about it at non-stars really talking about the issue and and they really they get to that and uh, they do uh, do a wonderful uh, job but it's when you have a big name and you have an Academy Award uh, in your resume you get a lot more attention that's for sure she uh, by the way she got that Academy Award for a reason she's good she's she's a great actress and she's done such wonderful work over the years. And I'm looking forward to uh, Hollywood and uh, the, the characters in it, the, uh, the, the cast of, of characters and the cast of actors and actresses is just a, a wonderful group. And uh, Mira is, uh, you know, is certainly uh, one of them as, uh, as, as someone who brings a lot to the table. But everyone should check it out. It's streaming on Netflix, you'll be able to see uh, see it, and and it's a limited series, and the uh, you know again, it's a, it's a period piece, and it's a what if, uh, you know, I was going to say, and I don't mean it, uh, you know, as as if it's following suit, but the plot against America is like that, and it is uh, it it does a what if, and in that case, what if uh, a, a terrible thing happened, and uh, the um, you know, the, the election of uh, Charles Lindbergh and what would have happened uh, to us and Nazism and, uh, you know, everything. And it's, uh, it, it's a terrific what if. Hollywood, as, as Mira uh, Sorvino uh, explains, uh, is, uh, is a what if in the other way. What if Hollywood didn't have all of this, uh, you know, all of these, uh, these restrictions on, on women and what if there was fair, uh, more fair treatment towards women and homosexuals and, uh, and, and different people, you know, obviously, um, you know, we were blacklisting people at that, uh, at that point and, uh, you know, shameful 
uh, time in in Hollywood. And Hollywood, the limited series, uh, is uh, is something that um, that that addresses that. It does a what what if? Uh, Jim Parsons is there. Darren Chris, um, like uh, Queen Latifah, I think is there. Uh, Holland Taylor, you know, you know her from Two and a Half Men. She's there. Um, uh, Jeremy Pope is a terrific actor. Pat, Patty Lapone, uh, uh, Dylan McDermott, certainly uh, a person that we were just speaking about is Mira Sorvino, and uh, Mira Sorvino is uh, a daughter of Paul Sorvino from Goodfellows. And uh, I'll tell you what, she's uh, she is terrific. Academy Award winner for Mighty Aphrodite, and she won the best. Uh, Best supporting actress, but her work um, on on the human trafficking uh, is is terrific. The awareness and the money that she's raised is just great. Mira Sorvino is our very special guest and has been our special guest. We'll see you all next time on Breaking It Down. In many ways, Long Island is the story of America. It's Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. Long Island is definitely the place for you. Now, here's your host, Frank McKay, on 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, ridiculousness is going into its well, it's in its 16th season and i mean just think of that number 16 seasons anything that's been around for 16 seasons is good and 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 entertaining and a big reason why is is the host thrilled to have him here and he does so many things rob deerdeck is our very special guest and it is uh, he keeps it fresh rob how are you Really good, really good. Thank you for having me. Listen, congratulations on the new season. Congratulations on everything. Uh, what can you tell us about the new season? Uh, it, it's it, it must be hard for you to, to see anything now that you haven't seen before, but I'm sure they come up. I, I mean, the beauty of it is, is as this show has grown, so has like the use of like the cell phone camera and like the amount of content that just keeps pouring into uh, the internet. And so, you know, despite shooting so many, nearly 500 episodes, I still am marveled and laugh every time we package one together. It really is remarkable, the amount of content. It's really rare that I ever see the same thing twice, That's which is, is mind-blowing. When we shot the first season, I really thought we were going to drain. We were shooting so many more than a traditional viral show, uh, like America's Home, Funniest Home Videos would do like 10 or 15 videos, and we were doing like, you know, 40 videos. Like, I thought we were going to drain the Internet, uh, and, and luckily it just kept filling up, you know. I mean, it's um, you just said 500 episodes, nearly 500. Think of that. I, I mean, how many people do you know that have done 500 episodes of any a soap opera, maybe you know something like that? But I mean, wow, what a career uh, you put yeah. together. I, honestly, it, just congratulations on it. But and, think about this: it's, this is a side hustle. Yeah. This is something I do on the side, <laughs> and it just happened to like like go like, and then it just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger because we used to only shoot, you know, like forty or fifty a year. Now we're shooting one hundred and sixty-eight a year. Uh, it's it's baffling to even like at this stage for it to have this like even deeper uh, sort of push and even more content, you know. 
um, still have another un, under this setup, like another four seasons to do, and and you know, two two hundred fifty, um, actually actually 280 episodes this year just from this order that I got to execute you know you know really what a career you've put together I mean your skateboarding's just dynamite I mean I guess I guess that's what got it all started right was it skateboarding yeah look I I had originally wrote the concept for bringing a security guard with me when I go skate to talk to other security guards for a skate video and that turned into a great friendship with me and Big Black that turned into us creating this content that turned into the television show that then turned into Ridiculousness, Fantasy Factory, all these different sort of uh, programs and the relationship with the network uh, that's, you know, expanded you know, 14 years right now, you know. Just, listen, just absolutely tremendous. I Listen, I know you're under the gun, so I won't keep you long here, but uh, give us a social media site, give us a website for those who haven't been there yet. Um, kind of point us in a direction where people can follow along with some of your other things, because uh, you got your hands in everything. And like you said, this is a side hustle, which I'm sure everybody laughed when, 500 episodes, you know, side hustle. But uh, give us give us some place to follow along with what you're doing. Um, you know, kind of the, the the center of everything is just DeerDeck.com and sort of all my social media stuff. And really that, that leads itself to the DeerDeck machine, which is my uh, venture studio that I uh, really is sort of the core of what I actually um, primarily spend most of my time doing. And believe it or not, um, Super Jacket, the production company, was is one of my bigger assets in my portfolio of companies. Uh, uh, that was just recently acquired along with my professional skateboarding league to form through one sports and entertainment. And, uh, you know, I have a ton of different businesses from outstanding foods, pig out, pigless pork rinds, uh, to 333 luxury bags. Like I really have a broader range of, uh, consumer products and, and different forms of media. And, and that is the, the core of what I actually do for the most of my time, you know. Yeah, well, listen, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you before you went to give us a, a quick list of uh, some guest stars that are going to be on Ridiculousness uh, for the 16th season. I know you're in the middle of it, or, or in the start of it, I should say, and, and everybody's excited about it, but give, give us a list of some of the folks that we're going to see. I mean, who I've I really had a great episode with, who's just an amazing guy, is Gene Simmons and a legend. Yeah. Uh, Jay's back, Jason Aldean on for the first time. Exhibit. And, and he just really loved to to run the gamut of all different types of personalities. Have Snooky on for the first time after all these years. So, Jeez. a lot of great guys. Well, listen, uh, let me let you run, and congratulations again on all the success. Keep up the great work, and, and looking forward to a great season. Thank you. Appreciate it. Rob Deerdick, everyone, has been our very has been our very special guest. Um, I, really, I mean, anything that's been on for 16 seasons, I mean, 16 seasons, almost 500 episodes, is uh, is, is doing all right. MTV, I mean, it, it you know, it, it started out in, uh, I guess it was August 1st, 1981. And obviously it's much different now than what it was, and it gets slammed for not playing the videos the way they were supposed to. and uh, But one of the things is they do some solid programming, and uh, this is it. I mean, it's uh, it's like America whole, uh, home video. It's, it's, if, uh, if you put this guy in 
uh, Rob Deerdick instead of Bob Saget, and yeah, and you and you made it um, a little more blue. Obviously, a lot of things going on there uh, that uh, that maybe home video wouldn't uh, it wouldn't have done. But really, it's it's the same type of uh, concept behind it, and uh, you know he's he's monopolized. Uh, this type of thing. Well, I shouldn't say that. There's, there's some other shows there, but he's uh, he's perfected this kind of of humor, this kind of programming, and he's done a done a great job. Like he, he's got another four seasons. You talk about putting a, a career together. You know, as a skateboarder, he's a professional skateboarder, and uh, you know, you, you heard him say that he. Uh, he has, uh, you know, he hired somebody to, you know, watch his back while he's going into these different areas and uh, and uh, and and videotaping what he, uh, what, you know, what he's doing and then I guess getting out of there like guerrilla type uh, filmmaking or, or uh, whatever you want to call it back then and uh, you know back then was uh, you know the early two thousands. And he's turned it into, he called it a side hustle, but, you know, let's face it, you're doing 500 episodes. It's not a side hustle. It's a big deal. But he's he's probably making more money on all the other things that he mentioned than he's than he's doing here. And he's making he's making a boatload here, too. Uh, he's done very well. Rob Deerdick, uh, again, has been our very special guest. Ridiculousness is in its 16th season. And I, I kind of let him run uh, quick, you know, publicist had told me prior to this that he's uh, this is the last interview he's, he's doing today and he said can you keep it uh keep it kind of short he's exhausted so he's he's uh he's on the west coast and and it's early as we're recording this we're pre-recording this in case you're, you're wondering and so it's, uh, it's pretty early in the morning he sounded sounded wiped out but uh, again 16 seasons and almost 500 episodes and he mentioned uh, Gene Simmons and Snooky, and he's got a list of uh, of, of uh, special guests that are coming up that'll always uh, make it interesting. Um, again, Rob Deerdick has been our very special guest. Frank McKay signing off. Rob Deerdick from Ridiculousness in its 16th season has been our very special guest. We'll see you all next time on Breaking It Down. This is Breaking It Down with your host, Frank McKay, on 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays.